0: Oral questions by members?
1: Leader of the Official Opposition.
2: Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, there's no bigger broken promise to the middle class uh, by this Premier than the utter failure to make housing affordable in British Columbia. After nearly seven years and two terms of NDP government, what do we have to show other than re-announcements and photo ops? Well, we've ended up with the highest average rents in the entire country. And we've ended up with the highest housing prices in North America. The average rents have doubled to almost $3,000 a month in Vancouver. We've got the average townhome prices up over 33% to $1 million. Single-family homes now approaching $2 million. Well, Mr. Speaker, results matter. And this Premier needs to understand that making housing affordable means making it less expensive. So why has this Premier utterly failed to deliver on his word? Premier.
3: Uh, Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker, and uh, welcome back to all members of the House. It's great to see you here uh, to address the issues of the day that matter to British Columbians, including the issue of housing, and I thank the member uh, for raising this issue. Uh, We know that a lot of British Columbians are looking for a decent place to live and struggling to find it, whether to rent, or to buy. In this session, I can assure all members we will be introducing a number of pieces of legislation to further our Homes for People plan to make sure that we're delivering that housing for people. I hope all members support those initiatives, including building more housing across the province and opening up spaces. Uh, the more we work together to deliver housing, the more successful we'll be. And I can tell you uh, that right now we have 15 times more housing underway than when the BCUP was in power. Honourable Speaker, when you talk about student housing, when they delivered fewer than 200 units in 16 years. We have student housing right now in just one building where we're delivering more units than they did in 16 years. We didn't get to this place by accident, but we are sure going to address it.
1: Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental.
2: Well thank you. I think the public could be forgiven if they said, please, no more help from the NDP in terms of trying to get to affordability. I mean, the reality is results matter. And whether this premier likes to admit it or not, the undeniable results are we have the highest rents in the entire country and we've got the highest housing prices in North America. That's your result. You cannot just keep pointing fingers and trying to find blame. The fact of the matter is you've allowed this to take place. And now we see things are going to even get worse. Because now the premier is allowing Metro Vancouver to triple the building fees that are being charged on housing. Just for the viewing public, that means that for an average single-family home, that will be an extra $24,000 of fees. For a typical apartment, that will be $14,000 more dollars. Hardly affordable. Now BC United would stop this madness because we recognize that adding more fees and costs is not how you get affordability. If you want housing affordability, memo to the Premier and government, make housing less expensive. So my question to the Premier, will you block Metro Vancouver's latest assault on housing affordability? Yes or no?
1: All questions through the Chair, please. Premier.
3: Well, thank you uh, very much, Honourable Speaker. Uh, We know we need to bring on a lot more housing a lot faster and a lot more affordably. That's why we've been working with local governments to set housing targets, to strip away unnecessary requirements that lengthen the process on our provincial side, getting permits done faster to make sure that housing gets built. And I do wonder, Honourable uh, Chair, I do wonder where we would be had the person who's standing up for the BCUP today, when he was sitting on this side of the house for 16 years, actually done some of the things he now thinks we should be doing. This government is taking those actions. We've been taking those actions since day one. I welcome the member to the party, but I wonder where was he then?
1: Leader of the Official Opposition, second supplemental. Well, thank you, uh,
2: Mr. Speaker. I'll tell you exactly where I was. I was building housing, studio apartments for $249,000. I was building one bedrooms for $299,000 right in the heart of Surrey and building townhomes for $450,000 in Surrey. That was affordable, Mr. Speaker, and that's the problem. After six years of NDP government, we've got anything but affordability. Maybe it would be nice if just one of them actually had five minutes' experience in the housing sector. That might actually give British Columbians a little bit more confidence that they know what they're doing. But the fact of the matter is, under this premier, delays. Fees and prices just keep rising, crushing the dreams of young British Columbians to ever own a home in this province. By every measure, life is less affordable in British Columbia under the NDP government. Now, When the NDP promised in two successive elections to make life more affordable, was this what they had in mind? The highest average rents in the country and the highest housing prices in North America? Was that really what you had in mind?
3: Premier. Well, thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. You know, I remember uh, sitting on that side of the house, being the housing critic, raising the shortage of rental housing, both for students and otherwise. Raising the issues of speculation in our housing market, international money in our housing market, money laundering in our housing market. And what did the member and uh, his colleagues say? No issue. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it until they were dragged, dragged to address those issues. The member then went into the private sector to benefit from his lack of action by working for a big developer. He didn't build those houses. Skilled tradespeople built those houses, the trail. And, and while he and his developer friends benefited from the inaction while he was sitting here, British Columbians suffered. We changed the story. We got the big money out of politics. We're taking action for British Columbians. There we go.
1: Member for West Vancouver Capilano.
0: Mr. Speaker, uh, thank you. Uh, It is just stunning that this blame game keeps playing out and out and out. Never, Mr. Speaker, is there an answer to a question? It's always, look over there, it was those guys' fault. It's never like, we have to take responsibility after seven years for having a crisis that does not allow people to have a home. This new normal is not working for people like Teresa Chena. She quotes, my job is outreach with the most vulnerable people in the province, but I myself am homeless, end quote. Teresa has a middle-class income and isn't eligible for housing support, yet she can't afford a home in this province. That's this NDP's middle-class squeeze. It's getting worse. It is not getting better under this Premier. Affordable housing means making housing less expensive. When will middle class workers like Teresa be able to afford a home in British Columbia? Here
4: here.
1: Minister of Housing. Thank you so much honorable speaker.
5: Speaker, I appreciate the question from the member across the way, and, uh, and certainly we know, with global inflation, with rising interest rates, that is having real pressures on communities, not only in British Columbia but across the country, across North America. Honourable Speaker, we are proud of the investments we're making. Uh, the premier already mentioned 15 times more housing units coming online right now than when they were in government. Purpose-built rentals, Honourable Speaker, when the opposition leader was the minister of finance, 2,000 purpose-built rental units were bu- being built a year. We have over 14,000 right now being built in British Columbia for the last three years. So, Honourable Speaker, uh, when the member was across the way, 137 student housing units built in 16 years. So, yeah, I agree with the member, Honourable Speaker, I I agree. The results results do matter, Honourable Speaker, and our investments are showing that.
1: Member for West vancouver Capilano Supplemental.
0: Oh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, British Columbians like Theresa are fed up with this Premier's empty promises as the NDP's middle-class squeeze tightens every day. Searching for an affordable home? Theresa describes the experience as soul-sucking. That's the result of nearly seven years and two terms under this NDP government, the highest rents in Canada, and the worst housing affordability, not just in Canada but in all of North America. Making housing affordable means making it less expensive. Period. So when will this premier stop talking and announcing and start delivering on homes that are affordable?
5: Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Hon. Speaker, and again. Uh, It is a challenging time for people not only in British Columbia, but folks across Canada, across North America. We are seeing in British Columbia uh, a combination of record numbers of people coming to British Columbia, which we welcome, but it is putting pressure on our housing stock. We also have rising interest rates, which also is putting real challenges on our housing stock. But, Honolulu Speaker, we are two decades behind when it comes to investment in housing. I agree with the member. Two decades behind. Uh, The Leader of the Opposition, when he was Minister of Finance, saw Little to no housing being built in this province. Uh, Oh, oh, he he says he says it was affordable. He he should know that it was at that time the highest rents in the country as well, Honourable Speaker. Vancouver had the highest rents at that time in the country, Honourable Speaker. So we are making up for lost time, Honourable Speaker. We are making serious investments. In fact, recently when I was in Ottawa, it was highlighted to me by the federal minister that BC is seen as the leader in the country with the actions that we're taking, Honourable Speaker. We are going to continue. Their time. Continue. Thank you, Honorable Speaker. We are going to continue to make the historic levels of investment in, uh, into housing because, Honorable Speaker, we want to see these affordable units get online. We want to see more families getting the access to the housing that we know they desperately need.
1: <laughs> Leader of the third party.
6: Thank you, Honorable Speaker. Climate change has become very real for West Kelowna on August 16th. Those were the words spoken by West Kelowna Fire Chief Jason Broland at the United Nations recently. Firefighters in BC are now battling blazes, quote, on a scope and scale that's nearly impossible for us to be successful against, in part because of a changing climate that makes it easier for fires to burn and grow. Broland warned that, quote, we're spending the money on the wrong end of the problem. BC spent a record $1 billion on wildfires this year. My question, through you, honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Forest. Does he think that this government has been spending wildfire funds on the right end of the problem?
1: Minister of Forest. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker,
7: and thank the member for the question. There is no doubt that this fire season was the most extreme, the worst in British Columbia's history. Uh, and the, the figure that's quoted about the money to fight those fires I- is accurate. Um, but what what uh, I uh, what I want to say is that the uh, and the premier has appointed a task force uh, which uh, will uh, be convened fairly shortly to examine the results of what took place this fire season and to look at some of those programs, the very successful um, programs that. Uh, have within the province uh, and taken up by municipalities, by regional districts uh, contributed to fire prevention in, in the long run. There were a number of reports uh, done uh, after the 2003 fire by uh, former Premier of Manitoba, <coughs> Gary Philman The Abbott-Chapman report after that put great stress on prevention and there are programs that uh, that uh, fire smart programs that really bring uh, uh, that issue uh, forward and are funded uh, by the government. One of the things that we have uh, done and in this discussion uh, that, we took, that took place at the UBCM, there is great enthusiasm for expanding those programs and I am confident you. that in this budget cycle, given the fire season that we have had this year, Thank you, there Mr. will be a substantial
1: expansion of those programs of the third party supplemental.
6: Yeah, thank you, Honourable Speaker. The Abbott Chapman report that the minister references the first recommendation is to establish Indigenous peoples as true partners, leaders in emergency management by including First Nations from the beginning at all levels of planning, decision-making, and implementation. It also talks about communities being part of that planning decision-making implementation. We certainly heard at UBCM that that's not how communities are feeling right now in their relationship with this government. But I'm going to make this easier for this Minister to respond to. There's a petition circling by the BCGEU uh, on behalf of firefighters asking the Minister of Forest to properly compensate them for their work. They're putting their lives on the lines to protect communities and doing it for between $26 and $29 an hour. My question through you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Forest, Will this government show their support for B.C.'s wildland firefighters and fix the recruitment and retention crisis immediately?
1: Minister of Forests. Thank you
7: very much, Mr. Speaker. There's no doubt, as I mentioned, this season was a very tough fire season. We saw the deaths of two firefighters and uh, four more just recently in uh, in a vehicle as they headed home from contractors who were heading home from work in Vanderhoof. So, there are real consequences uh, that took place this fire season. What we did in the budget last year was dramatically expanded the working uh, group of the core of the uh, BC Wildfire Service. Uh, that turned out to be a prescient move given the fire season that we've experienced this year. And certainly we value the work of whether it's uh, people in the BC Wildfire Service, whether it's contractors who work with the Wildfire Service, and the work that they do on all of our behalfs is excellent, uh, really important, crucial work and, and, uh, and we, we want to compliment them and we've continued to, to work to expand their, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the funds that will flow to the BC Wildfire Service and to their training. The federal government has initiated a training program in cooperation with the, with the provincial government to uh, uh, expand training of firefighters as well. So uh, we are working to improve the quality uh, and the work conditions of firefighters across the province,
8: and we value their work. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Leader of the Fourth Party.
8: Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. Uh, thousands of British Columbians, many of them from minority communities, have been protesting against og 123 which was originally introduced by the BC United Liberals. Parents are concerned about the sexualization of their children in this NDP government's education system. Will the Minister admit that SOGI 123 has been divisive, an assault on parents' rights, and a distraction on student education?
1: Premier. Well,
3: thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And uh, I welcome the member uh, to, the, to the House as the leader of, uh, of his new party. But I gotta say, this is not an auspicious start. You know, when you talk about the issues of the day for British Columbians, cost of living, housing, we heard from the BCUP, health care, addiction, mental health, to, to come into this place, to use the authority of his office, uh, his new party, to find a small group of kids in our province, to, to leverage all of that to make them feel less safe at school, less safe in our community, to to feed the fires of division in our province and bring culture war to British Columbia, it is not welcome. And when he sat on this side of the house, he supported those same policies, Honourable Chair. It is outrageous that he would stand here and do this. He sees political advantage in picking on kids and families and teachers and schools who are just trying to do their best for kids who are at risk of suicide, Honourable Chair. Shame on him. Choose another question.
1: Thank you, Members. Leader of the Fourth Party Supplemental. Thank you,
8: uh, Mr. Speaker. It is very clear uh, that we are talking about a uniparty in this House, and that is fine in terms of it. But to the the Premier, Mr. Speaker, uh, what I find most offensive is that the division is being created by what this government is implementing. There are people, there are thousands of people taking to the streets. There are thousands of people protesting at school board offices. There are kids that are being part of this because Numbers. they are disturbed at what's happening in their schools. This isn't, about, this isn't about attacking a particular group of people, Mr. Speaker. This is about, this is about having a policy that is inclusive, that is anti-bullying, that is supportive, so everybody feels safe. Right now we have kids that are running home from school going to the bathroom because they don't feel safe in school. And that is this government's, that is this government's fault in terms of it. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Question please? Please. Mr. Speaker, in my riding, just recently with the protests that happened, happened last week, two young indigenous girls. We were suspended from school for participating in a protest now <coughs> whether or not <coughs> excuse me whether or not that action was appropriate, I can tell you the mother of those two uh, indigenous girls uh, is outraged at the fact that they are, those kids are now being excluded from education. this is not what we want to be able to see. We question. need to be able to see an education system, quite frankly: question. that is accepting of everybody. So the question once again to the minister or to the premier if he cares to take it. Um, will the minister actually look at this, look at the divisions that this is creating, look at the divisions that Soldier one, two, three, is creating, and replace it with a, with a less divisive approach to anti-bullying in our schools?
1: Minister of Education.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I'm so saddened that uh, the member opposite is, uh, is talking about this. And here we are trying to create inclusive, safe spaces for our children, where every child belongs. And you, you are the one, uh, and the member is the one who's trying to create these divisions. Mr. Speaker, we are committed to provide those safe and welcoming spaces. We want to make sure that every child feels included and they, feel, they, feel they can be themselves. In the schools, and that's what we—that—that's what we are committed for.
1: Member for Campbell's North, Thompson. Well,
9: thank you, Mr. Speaker. And let's be very clear: this next uh, question, we 100% do not agree with the NDP government on their handling of, and that is affordability. The NDP's new normal is the highest rents in Canada and the worst housing affordability in North America, full stop. doesn't matter who the Premier tries to point the finger at for blame, they have taken precious little action over the seven years they've been in government. For people like Burdug Ozer, that's turned apartment hunting into an episode of the Hunger Games. Burdug says, and I quote, it becomes like Hunger Games, we're fighting to get the place. End quote. People deserve a break from the NDP's middle class squeeze. Making housing affordable means you make it less expensive. So when will this Premier and this government finally give people like Bertog a break? The
5: Minister of Housing. Thank you so much, Hon. Speaker. And again, thanks to the member for the question. And uh, it's Certainly it is a challenging time for some families in British Columbia. That's why we put such a focus on ensuring that we have affordable housing. Being built in this province. There was a time, on Speaker, when the other side was over here where they would take realtors to trade missions to Asia because they thought that was a good way to sell the real estate that we have here. There was a time when there was a housing minister that sat across the way that said, if you can't afford it, just move. Honoral speaker, that is not the approach we're taking. We're taking an approach that is Changing laws, which will be happening this session, around allowing more units to be built on single-family lots. Taking steps to work with local governments to create more certainty on cost, more certainty around decision-making, so we can get more housing coming online. In the end, all speaker, it's going to require government investment. You cannot build the level of affordability that we need in our communities without government being involved. That's what we're doing. Historic-level investments in affordable housing that's helping families across
9: the province right now.
1: Member for North-Thompson, Supplemental.
9: Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, I have a newsflash for the, for the minister and the government. If they think this is working for families, what they're doing right now, it's not. People cannot afford British Columbia anymore. Once again, Mr. Speaker, instead of the blame game, people like Ankita, Ankita Goal want a break from the NDP's middle class squeeze, plain and simple. She says, and I quote, Housing is unaffordable. Groceries are going up. Rent is going up. It's making me consider moving out. End quote. The NDP's new normal simply isn't working for new immigrants or anyone else. Highest rents in Canada, worst housing affordability in North America. People deserve a break, Mr. Speaker. The NDP's middle class squeeze is getting worse and worse. So when will the Premier finally make housing less expensive? Minister of housing. Thank you,
5: Honourable Speaker, and uh, again, we know it's a challenging time for some families in, in British Columbia. That's why we've got record levels of investment in housing. Now, Honourable Speaker, where would those families be if we had stuck with the same rent cap model that they had, where it was at inflation plus 2 per cent? Where would the rents be right now, Honourable Speaker? The rent would be through the roof. We've taken steps through the pandemic to ensure that rents not go up in the middle of the pandemic. We've uh, the, the formula had a set at uh, over 5.7 percent. We have decided that 3.5 percent was because it's just not affordable for folks right now. We have people coming to British Columbia in record numbers. Donald speaker. They see an opportunity in British Columbia. They see the strongest economy in the country. We want to make sure that we have the infrastructure and the housing available for them when they come because that will only make the province
1: even stronger as we move forward. Member for Prince George Whalemount.
4: Well, what people see in British Columbia is seven years, two elections, empty promises, and what are the results? The highest cost in North America. That's (laughs) under this government. Paula Hudson-Lunn is 71 years old, and she is being priced out of her home because of the NDP's failed policies. She says, and I quote, here I am at 71, looking for housing in a 0.6% rental vacancy market." This is the NDP's new normal, the highest rents in Canada and the worst housing affordability in North America. (coughs) People deserve a break, so when will the Premier make housing affordable for seniors like Paula?
1: Minister of Housing.
5: Uh, thank you, hon. Speaker. Again, we know it is a challenging time for some families in British Columbia. Uh, that is why recently I was in Prince George, uh, actually opening units that we invested in, hon. Speaker. Thirty-six affordable units with the mayor. Many councillors were there talking to family members who are moving into affordable units because the government actually invested in it. We are two decades behind, hon. Speaker. When they had the opportunity, they chose not to invest in affordable housing. And now they look around and say, why there's no affordable housing? You can't sit within action for 16 years and then all expect that there's no affordable housing, hon. Speaker. So we're going to continue to make those investments in Prince George, in other communities like we have, because we know, hon. Speaker, that our communities are growing and we need the infrastructure and housing for them as that growth happens.
1: Member for Wilmore,
4: what British Columbians expect from this government is more than empty words, and that is exactly what this minister and premier continue to do. Seniors like Paula are being priced out, even with a part time job to supplement her pen- pension. She simply can't afford her rent. Paula is having to consider drastic options, from living in a camper van to leaving Nelson entirely, losing her family doctor in the process. That is on this Premier's shoulders. This middle-class squeeze is all about the lack of action by this Premier and this Minister. So when will the Premier keep the promise he made to British Columbians to make life more affordable?
1: Minister of Housing.
5: Yeah, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And again, um, it is a challenging time for some families in British Columbia. Uh, Our government is taking a different approach. There was a time when there was a housing minister on the other side of the way who would have said, if that same question had been asked, that if they can't afford it, they should move elsewhere. Honorable speaker, what we're saying is that yes, we believe people should be able to stay in their communities, be part of the community, stay close to family, have access to transit, have access to health care. That is what strong and vibrant and healthy communities look like, Honorable Speaker. Again, I was in Prince George just a little while ago, uh, opening up new units so seniors could be able to live in the community, close to services. Investments like that are happening across the way. I looking across the the faces of my colleagues across the way. We are investing in every single community of these members, and we're going to continue to do that because we believe people should have access to affordable housing in their community where they live with their families.
1: Member for White- City White Rock.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Michelle Syke and her husband had to consider leaving Vancouver just to entertain the thought of starting a family because housing was so unaffordable. And I quote, the prospect of having a baby in a new community, far from friends and family, was hard to swallow. End quote. This is the new NDP's new normal: the highest grants in Canada, the worst housing affordability in North America. When will this premier make housing affordability, and actually allow people to stay in their communities without being forced to move because life is just too unaffordable?
1: Minister of Housing.
5: Uh, thank you, Hon. and. Again, thanks to that member uh, for the question. Um, as I've said multiple times, I-, I know it's a challenging time for some families uh, here in B.C. Honourable speaker, That's why, when we're bringing forward legislation this session to allow for uh, multiple ha- units, triplexes, fourplexes, on single-family lots, I hope we get support. From all members of this House. That's my hope, Honorable Speaker, because I've heard mixed messages from the opposition on this. And the reason why, Honorable Speaker, is to get to the very core point that he just made, which is we have young families who are looking for places to buy, but they can't afford the single-family home that gets built on that single-family lot after that home is taken down, Honorable Speaker. We need to ensure that multiple (coughs) units can be built on that lot so that the units that are built are more affordable to individuals. I also hear from seniors, hon. Speaker. I hear from seniors, just like the member highlighted, who say, my kids are thinking about leaving this province. Do I have to go as well? So I want to see, hon. Speaker, with this legislation, opportunities for seniors to be able to tear the house down and have multiple units on that same lot so their kids can live in the same place as them, hon. Speaker. That is why we're bringing this piece of legislation forward. I certainly hope that when it comes forward, we get support from all members of this house.
1: The bell ends the question period.